millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Josh. I'm Adam. And I'm Al. Now, we understand that every three seconds a new podcast is created and now there's actually one podcast for every three people. So we just wanted to take a minute to say thank you very much for downloading this one and we hope you enjoy it. In a nutshell, we realised that some of our film tastes weren't what you'd call conventional. So we decided to talk about them and hopefully shed some light on some films that either didn't get what we felt deserved at the time or we just wanted to rewatch and talk about them. You don't have to have seen the film, but if you haven't, you may want to just give it a quick Google. What's the and that? <sighs> Enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That, a podcast where we discuss films that we feel may be underrated, underappreciated, or we just want to talk about them. I'm Josh Hallam, and I'm here with Adam Ward. Hello. Uh, we would usually say we were joined by Al, uh, but he's not with us. Don't worry, he is coming back. He's just been put in podcast prison for a little while. Uh, crimes against podcasts, Adam, is that right? Yeah, he's the devil. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be getting out soon. He will be back. Uh, but we're joined by a very special guest today. Uh, Alice Oliver, how are you? Hello Josh, I'm alright, thank you very much for having me. It's, it's, it's a pleasure. Um, if you don't know Alice, Alice, uh, you're a presenter on Made in Liverpool TV, um, so you do like all local news stories and stuff like that, so uh, do go over to the channel and check that out. Um, if you've not listened to the podcast before Alice, we always start with a random question. Um, Adam, what's your favourite mode of public transport? Um, trains, for sure trains, I hate buses. Everything yeah. about them, timings, yeah. they're disgraceful. But trains, you know what I really loved? Um, it's not a thing anymore, but I loved Virgin Trains oh, yeah. because uh, because you could watch films on it and it was all streaming for free. Mm. So I remember watching uh, The Greatest Showman. I watched, um, what, was that? what was that Harry Potter thing that wasn't Harry Potter? Oh, oh, fantastic, fantastic Beasts. Beast and, oh, it was fantastic. And, how to and I didn't find cow. this out until yeah. like they were almost done. Like the last month of Virgin Trains being a thing. I was like, oh, you can watch films on here. And then I was explaining to somebody else and they were like, yeah, that's always been a thing. How did you not know this? And I mean, then it's gone forever. I mean, I don't, I don't want to blow your mind, Adam, but uh -huh. you've got a phone. Yeah. You can 
you can watch films on there. Yeah, I know, but that's going to use up all my data. That's true, and you don't have much of that. I never have any data. No. What about you, Alice? What's your favourite mode of public transport? I would have to agree and go with, with the train, the classic, particularly mm-hmm. steam train, something oh. a bit more grand, maybe oh. a bit more... Fa- not that I venture onto grand modes of transport too often. Mm, classy. Mm. Yes, yeah. I am one classy steam lady. Train. It's like going back in time. Exactly. People coming nice up and down way. with trolleys, offering you sweets. Just like Harry Potter. So, Alice, uh, for those who don't know you, you present on Made in Liverpool TV, which would be fair to say is a, lo- is a local... You cover North Wales as well, so Liverpool and North Wales? Yes, so the Liverpool Channel is also in charge of the North Wales Channel. So yeah. I tend to do both, especially as I'm from North Wales. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so unlike kind of, I don't know, BBC, where presumably you'd have a massive team, you, you do most things yourself, am I right? Yes, correct. So we have to be able to do everything ourselves. So I'm a camera operator, sound operator, script writer, researcher, editor presenter, voiceover artist, I could go on. Driver. Driver, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Coffee maker. Yeah, jack of all, you, you ever like have a go at yourself for getting something wrong? Constantly, constantly. <laughs> Not that I get anything wrong too often anymore, but uh, yes, you do have to berate yourself every now and then. That's the mm. only way you can stay good. So what is a standard kind of, um, like, what's a standard working day? What's a day in the life of, of you as a producer? I suppose, well, video journalist <laughs> as is everything, my... As everything, as everything. Yes, yes. So uh, so we start off, you wake up in the morning and you figure out what is going on in the news that day. So we write a few news scripts, uh, maybe write a few sports scripts. We then go out to our first local story, which can be anything from a new bar opening um, to maybe, uh, say, for instance, when the uh, verdict on Hillsborough came out, oh, we yeah. did a, a piece on that. So going out into the city and finding out what people think about that. So we spend a couple of hours maybe filming and talking to people and being out of the office. Then we get back to the office, maybe about one, and then it's editing from the hardcore. We've got to edit everything that we filmed that day and make sure it's ready for broadcast by five o'clock. So how much you expect to, like, are you expected to do, like, one story a day, two stories a day? So as a... As a channel, three stories we are expected to do, along with one set of news, a set of good news, which is nice, our good lines, telling all the best stories from across the region, weather, sport, and we have something called a local legend as well, where you go and speak to somebody who works or lives in the city, find out what they love about Liverpool, and a what's on guys as well. A day, that's a day or a week. So or... you could, so you probably drop a couple of those during the day. So maybe you only do one sport instead of doing two. Or say that we don't need the what's on guide anymore. That's twice weekly, but everything else is every day. Wow, I mean, that sounds hectic. It is. is it's it? intense. I haven't slept in a year and a half, but <laughs> hey, you'll love it. <laughs> do you like it, presumably? So I, I, the job itself is fantastic. And I think it's amazing that after years of going through uni and college, doing media and film, whatever, and everyone's telling you, you have to specialise. You have to specialise in something. You have to be good at the camera or good at sound. And then I get this job and it's like, no, you have to do everything. You have to be able to do everything. So I enjoy that I get to do everything during the course of a day. But we are a very small team and the pressure is on. Uh, So sometimes that can be difficult. How did you get into that then, Alice? So I did... Film and television at uni down in Southampton at Southampton Solent. And then my MA at the University of Chester, which I didn't quite finish, but we'll just skip over that. <laughs> and I see work experience opportunity come up at Made in Liverpool as it was then. I hadn't really heard of it. I knew that there was a North Wales channel because my parents had said, you need to get on this North Wales TV. Um, so I see that there was work experience going there. So I went and was fortunate enough to get that. I did that for four weeks 
whilst also working at Weatherspoons at the same time. So that was quite an intense period. Uh, but I made it very well known to the people who were going to be deciding if I got the job or not that I was also working Weatherspoons at the time, you know, just to really hammer home how committed I was <laughs> to this work experience. It's like, I haven't slept, but I'm here for you. <laughs> and that obviously worked out because here I am a year and a half later. So when you cover North Wales, is that um, still English language or do you do some Welsh? Because I know you do speak Welsh, don't you? Yeah, I do try to incorporate a little bit of Welsh every now and then. The channel aren't always thrilled about that because obviously they can't speak Welsh, so they can't QC what I've done. Mm. They're just trusting me that I know... You can be slipping anything in there. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. So so I don't do it too often, but every now and then, say, I'll open the news with a a, a Welsh sentence and then maybe close it off with, like, a Welsh goodbye as well. So what is... um, Do you have, like, a... a, I suppose the most interesting story or a favourite story that you've done during your time? I would have to say that my favourite, and purely for my own sort of 13-year-old goth that is still inside me, I met Busted. Um. I know, guys. Calm down. I met Matt, Charlie and James. We were at the BBC Summer Social. We went backstage. They weren't giving any interviews to anyone else, but they said that they would like to be interviewed by us for some reason. So we were the only ones who got them and they were just, they were awesome. All three of them, just three great lads. And then we went out and watched them perform on stage. And that was possibly one of the best days of my life. What's something, Alice, that a lot of people kind of assume about your job that isn't true? I would certainly say that people think it's just going to be much easier than they think it is. I think when people think about media and entertainment, they sort of forget that it's still a job. Mm. You know, you look at, it's easy to look at someone, say, like Kim Kardashian, and go, oh my God, she's got such an easy life. So I don't, I don't think she has. I imagine she's up at 5 a.m. every day, either working out, getting her makeup done, getting her hair done. She's got about 80 million places she's got to be that day. Not that I'm saying that I'm comparable to Kim Kardashian, <laughs> although it did sound like that a little bit. You know how hard Kim has it? Well, I can really relate. Um, We're one in the same. Exactly. Thank you. I'm glad you, I'm glad you appreciate that. I do. It's just not easy and it's it's incredibly physically demanding. We have to carry all our own kit. Sometimes you can be walking around for three or four hours with a camera bag and a tripod on your shoulders. Um, I have to wake up early so that I can do my hair and makeup. Not very well, admittedly, but I give it a good go. Just jab at my eye with the mascara. And that, I think that's mostly it. I imagine a lot of people think it's um, kind of a little, like... I suppose leading on from what you said, I think a lot of people probably assume it's a lot more glamorous than it is. I mean, anyone who's done any anything like that, I think people probably assume you've got like hair and makeup team and a cameraman and even I don't know a, a driver or a writer or something like that. But obviously, it's it's not the one show. It's um, it's a lot more kind of I don't know, a lot more of a graft, I guess. Absolutely, and it's still it's it's still such a brand new network, and it's still so young, and they're still trying to find their feet and figure out you know how how they're able to compete say, with the BBC or ITV, but obviously the way we are now, there is no chance. The budget isn't there, the resources aren't there. So you've got to do the job of five people. Mm. Mm. Is it, where, where would you ultimately like to go with it? It's tricky. I think of this often. The question I always get asked is, or, or the comment that's most frequently made to me is, oh, when are you going to apply for the BBC? And never, first of all. I don't think personally I would ever want to work for the BBC. Not my sort of thing at all. But Channel 4, I would love to work for Channel 4. I think they're great. I think they're still very progressive. I think they understand uh, that it is okay to make camp and and have an opinion about something. Obviously, the BBC has to be impartial, even though they're really not, which frustrates me. Mm-hmm. Whereas Channel 4 will just say, no, we don't agree with what this person's doing. We are not going to broadcast this because of this or whatever. And I do like that. I feel like Channel 4 are like our 
the channel's drunk uncle or something. <laughs> but ultimately, you do enjoy it, and you, you kind of something you're going to make, well, you're going to carry on with. Absolutely, best job I've ever had, and every day I'm grateful. Talk about the film that you've picked, uh, Alice. So the film that you've picked is a film called The Replacements from the year 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, so spoiler warnings if you've not seen that. Um, so you've chosen this, Alice. Do you want to give us a little background on what it's about? So The Replacements is a film that I saw. So I do need to give you a little bit of context to explain why I like this film so much because I understand that on first viewing, it ain't so hot, right? We'll get on so, to that, we'll get on to that. So I was third, about 12 or 13 when I seen this. I'd just seen Keanu Reeves in The Matrix and completely fell in love. He was my everything. So I must have watched The Matrix every day for about three months. And then my friend came to me and said, hey, Keanu's in this other film that I've just seen called The Replacements. Do you want to watch this? And I was like, yeah, go on, let's have a go. So it's Shane Falco, who is the quarterback of the Washington Sentinels, which apparently is quite a big deal in America. They're quite a big team already. Because it is loosely based on truth. Mm. This very mm. loosely, very loosely. So our quarterback is Shane Falco, Keanu Reeves. Would you think is possibly the first choice for a quarterback? I so we'll get on to this. I don't know anything about NFL. Mm-hmm. The only the only quarterback I know off the top of my head is the most famous one in the world, which is Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that he doesn't look physically like Keanu Reeves, so I'm going to guess. As someone who doesn't know much about the sport, no, you wouldn't pick Keanu Reeves. Well, that's what I thought. So I love that as casting, first of all, that our hero quarterback is Keanu Reeves. So the whole film is about an American football team who have gone on strike. They've gone on strike because they want $5 million a year instead of the $4 million a year that they're getting, right? Hello, late-stage capitalism. A pittance. Exactly. So then they bring in the scabs or the replacement players and there's the title adam Mm -hmm. you get where Mm -hmm. we're coming from Mm -hmm. so you get that at least twice in the film i I do love when a film says the name of the film somewhere Mm. in in the script that's my favorite thing absolutely so they bring in the scabs to take over the roles of i wish they'd called it the scabs (laughs) i would have preferred that as a film (laughs) yeah sorry the replacements they bring in but they do refer to them as scabs yeah because they're crossing the picket line. Mm-hmm. So it's all about these. So the NFL players are on strike. They bring in this set of, you know, ragtag, mismatched bunch of guys. So one of them's Keanu Reeves. One of them is John Favreau. One of them is Chris Evans. Wonderful Welsh actor. It's, it's such a, I thought that was such a strange casting, mm-hmm. Reese Evans. Like, I, I, I would have never, I imagine Reese Evans probably knows as much about American football as I do. So which let's is just, very little. Let's just address something at the start. Alice, you're Welsh. We're not. We're going to say it wrong. Yeah. How should probably. we say Reese Evans? Reese Evans. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, we're going to say Reese Evans. Yeah. yeah, because and I'm an uncultured swine. <laughs> I, we're English. Fuck everybody else. Absolutely, you know, that's you know, fine. Colonialism and all that. World's ours. No, I will forget to say that. So, I'm, I, you know, I'll do my best. <laughs> I can't do the rolling. Chris fans. Chris yeah, fans. It's quite satisfying though. Yeah. Chris I can't do it. You got, can't do I it. I've got too big a tongue Chris. for my mouth. You can't roll your tongue. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. So anyway, as you were saying, so Gene Hackman comes in as the coach. Gene Hackman. Love Gene, Gene Hackman. Hackman. The comes great in as the coach. Hackman. So I was also obsessed with Superman when I was younger. So seeing Gene Hackman also made me happy. There was one other. I did write his name down. So the actor I recognised immediately though I didn't know his name, but he plays the president in Rick and Morty. 
O'Keefe David. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know he's, he's also in There's Something About Mary and, yeah, he is, he is the president in Rick and Morty. Isn't he in Requiem for a Dream? Mm-hmm. I think he is mm-hmm. in that, yeah. yeah. He's, he's in a, oh, he's also in Armageddon. And mm-hmm. Platoon. Yeah, he's um, a very he's, busy nineties. He's, he's a very yeah, he's a busy nineties, yeah. isn't he? He's a very like he's a very like busy character actor. Mm. He's like in he's, he's one of these actors in he's in loads. Of, always plays that kind of um, authoritative type president, yeah. general, all that sort of thing. But yeah, he's he's in it as well. Orlando Jones is in it as well from Evolution, um, and he's in American Gods as well. If you know that. Um, mm-hmm. So once the guys have been on strike for a while, they then cross the picket line because, of course, they get their $5 million because capitalism wins. Yay! (laughs) And all the guys have to go back to their normal jobs. And for poor Shane Falco, that's scraping barnacles and bits off the bottom of boats. He's essentially a boat cleaner. It was Mm -hmm. a bit of a devastating ending, really, wasn't it? With Gene Hackman, like... They had a great week and then went back to their jobs. It's yeah, like, oh, I mean the end is weird, isn't it? It's, 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 it's like, there is no, there's not even like, but you, but you will keep yeah, you on. Like, it's just like they're back now. Fuck off, back to see, work. I off wasn't sure like, whether it'd be one of those things where they go and here's what happened to them later. This guy got picked up by this team, yeah. and this guy went here, and this guy went back to prison. Like, so some of them had good times, some of them had bad times, but it was just no. We're gonna have a little dance, and that's our week over. Yeah, it's like they essentially went on like a work placement, but as yeah. NFL players, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And especially when they've just beat the Dallas Cowboys. Like, surely some other teams would want to pick up some of those players, particularly Keanu Reeves. Yeah, or the really fast guy who can't catch balls. Yeah. Which is Orlando Jones. Yeah. Um, so, bearing in mind that we talk about kind of underappreciated, underseen, underrated films, why did you pick this? I mean, it might just be, as has been the case on multiple occasions, see Ferdinand. Uh, see, that's my boy. Um, that we just wanted to talk about it. So, why did you pick it? So, it had become apparent to me that barely anybody had seen it, or nobody that I spoke to had seen it. I would always bring it up with people. Have you seen the replacements? Everyone's no. So that made me think that it was probably underrated. the The problem is, I am aware that the film isn't great, and I'm aware that there's a lot of problems with it. But I do still love it nonetheless, and I can't help that. And re-watching it now, sort of again as an adult, because I hadn't seen it in a long time, I do still love it. But I wonder, and I hate to think that I'm giving the creators too much credit, I do wonder if it's satire a little bit. I thought some of it was so absurd and some of the lines were so cheesy that it reminded me a bit of, say, Basketball or The Other Guys, those yeah, kind I know of what comedies. You mean. Mm. Yeah, it's that thing of, like, there are certain lines where... You think someone can't have written mm. that and sat back and gone, there we go. But then at the same time, this was a period of time with films like Armageddon that were quite comedic elements but took themselves fairly seriously. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's I think that. it was, I think it was more, um, just of the time. And I think looking back at it now, because filmmaking is, I, I don't want to say has an authenticity to it, but I think it, this this has got a very late 90s to early 2000s film feel to it, which makes sense with it, with when it was made. Well, I, I think what it is is, and we'll obviously delve into this more shortly, but I think that now films are held to a higher standard because now blockbusters aren't... You had your 90s blockbusters and it was Independence Day and that sort of thing, and it, it was just there to be spectacle, to entertain, to make you feel good, to make you leave the cinema with a little bit of escapism. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm. But I think in the kind of post-Dark Knight trilogy 
Christopher Nolan type world. It's almost like they brought in intelligent blockbusters, so they're entertaining and escapism, but also then they they usually um, have an allegory for something, or mm. they don't making a political point, which has its pluses and its minuses. It just depends on what you want. But I do agree that there is a certain changing of the tide in the kind of post millennium, whatever that first decade was called, where it went from oh we were going to have to actually like think about the script, <laughs> think yeah. about the characters, and certain gender roles and and, and and stereotype kind of roles which which will come on to so had you seen it adam no no and um love gene hackman was a big keanu fan it's, it's interesting with keanu reeves because i feel like recently over the past about five years people seem to love keanu reeves that's just happened over the past five years but i, I think the general consensus up until about five years ago where a lot of people would say he was a very wooden actor like, and I feel like that, that that's the real life thing that loads people thought. And then all of a sudden, everyone loves Keanu Reeves now. I, and I find it really weird. This is this Keanu Reeves yes. loving that just suddenly magically appeared. But all, all through sudden, Matrix, people were like, oh, he's a terrible actor. It's the same but, but that was I, the part. I, I, do, I do have to point out that I've been loving Keanu Reeves since the 90s. So I, I I was a bit perplexed when everyone suddenly jumped on this bandwagon yeah. and then John Wick kind of came about and suddenly everyone was like, oh, lovely Keanu, sad Keanu, all this about Keanu. I was like, hey, I had his poster on my wall when I was nine years old. He's, Don't you come along to me now with your Keanu Reeves fandom. He's so memeable now, isn't he? He's on so many memes and everyone loves him. But I'm certain loads of people thought he was like not a great actor, not, that, not even that long ago. And now all of a sudden, it's Keanu Reeves is the best guy ever. He's had quite an interesting career, though, hasn't he? Because yeah. obviously, he broke through with like Bill and Ted, mm. which was very much like a. He was it was like he was playing like a melodramatic, stereotypical teenage character, yeah. and then he started doing things like Point Break and Speed, which are action films. Mm. But Love also Speed. in between all that, I think what started the thing of him being a crap actor was Dracula. So if you ask anyone about the. Francis Ford Coppola Dracula it's how shit Keanu Reeves' accent is because he does that like Kevin Costner type, type half American half English accent and it's you know if you can't do the accent yeah. don't try and do it because it's even more noticeable just have them have it as American I don't know and I think that was particularly damaging to his career then he did do The Matrix which kind of wasn't appreciated for what it was at the time because it wasn't the, now you look back and you realise how much The Matrix changed everything about action films and, and a lot of storytelling. Mm. And he's actually really good in that film. Like, he, he has quite a lot on his shoulders to do, it, especially if you think all the stunts. And, and it's not easy to do I, the I amount of stunts like they do in the film. I feel like it's part of the way the character is. Like, it's always going to... I think no matter... Even if they got Will Smith doing that part... I think it still would have come across wooden because of the way that character is written. I also think his, his voice... Because it was supposed to be Will Smith originally. It was. His yeah. voice is quite, like... Monotonal? Yeah, naturally quite whispery and, like, mm. quite, like you say, monotonal. And almost like... It's almost like he's always stifling a yawn. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, he's always... It's yeah, yeah. So, you hadn't seen the film? No. So, going in, what did you expect? Um, like what did you know about it? What did you expect? So, not I didn't know very much about it at all. I just did a quick look on IMDb before I started watching it. And the impression I got was that it's going to be like a not as good any given Sunday. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I was... kind of stuck with that throughout the film. It was an enjoyable film and it was a fun film, but if that and Any Given Sunday were on TV at the exact same time, I'd probably watch Any Given Sunday. So I, I, hadn't, I hadn't seen Any Given Sunday, but I hadn't seen this either. Same as you, I like... L- was looking for the film on a streaming site and when yeah. it came up it was like right so it's football I saw Keanu Reeves mm-hmm. and, I, and I did think right well around this time he just done the Matrix so maybe it is a kind of it's 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 hopefully going to be good because people you know they're hot and then they're not and, yeah and this was his peak, and then really. I saw Gene Hackman and I was like well it's Gene Hackman isn't he? he's like he's he's, he's up there yeah I've the, never seen him give a bad performance yeah he's up there with the best um, and I knew it was about football, and and that was it. That's all. Um, that's all I knew going in. So, what did you think? I suppose. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. It was just a fun film, and I feel like it was one of those films that didn't take itself too seriously. I think the soundtrack has really not aged, oh, it's not aged well, well. The soundtrack, but that added to my enjoyment of the film like in some certain in certain scenes like so the the prime example is i'm sure they're playing oh what's um what stings band called the again police. the police the scene when he's walking back into the, the kiss, the bar, the the kiss scene every, every breath you take, oh man yeah. that that is so see i thought that scene was a standout scene for me so 90s no it's not a bad scene but it's so incredibly 90s it like is. with with the football commentary over it I was like, that so yeah gold. so the, he's, he's kissing the female well they're gonna kiss the female, yeah. the female lead and they're like they're like just longingly staring at yeah. each other whilst walking to each other as every breath you take plays but then they start playing football commentary over the top it really reminds me of um Paradise by the Dashboard Light by Meatloaf. Do you know the Meatloaf song? So in, well, I won't bore you, but listen to it. But in that, it's about, well, it's like every Meatloaf song. It's about two kids hooking up in the back of a car after high school and then they're kissing and, you know, as you can imagine. But then it becomes baseball commentary about um, running around the bases. Mm. I'm sure you can see where I'm going with that. But it's exactly the same thing, except that, you know, it was done in the 70s or whatever. But I really like that scene. I thought it was quite a good little kind of... um, Function or little little device that I, the film used. I loved the football commentary throughout it. I'm not sure if they're still commentating, but at that time they were like the two guys. Mm. Um, but I just loved that. I just thought it was so hilarious. Like, is that, is that guy smoking? I've never seen a guy smoking on <laughs> the field before. But I, and there's yeah. just so much stuff like that. You can quote it after one yeah, watch. Well, exactly. See? One watch. Very. It is very quotable. It is. It is. I mean, I obviously jo- I know John Madden because of the. John Madden's football games, yeah. but um, I don't know the other guy. But it's like, like you say, they were like they were they're real commentators, yeah. and like Alice says, so it is it's based on a real strike. I don't know if it was at the time because it's set when it's set, isn't it? It's yeah. not period. It's set in the two thousand. Am I right? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. set when it's set, but uh, the strike that it was based on was either in the eighties or the seventies. Right. So they've in just, the past, they've taken that idea and, and made a, a film out of it, basically. Yeah, and. There was a lot about it that I liked mm-hmm. and a lot about it I didn't. I mean, it is so, it is so of its time. It's, it might be the most of its time. For, it's up there with, we've talked before, particularly when we did Austin Powers, about how films age and you can see at the time. It's like when you see bad CGI, it immediately makes you go, oh yeah, well, this is from this sort of time. And that idea of just constant songs there's never not a song playing it just goes from like punk rock song to like american punk rock song after and after there's never not a song playing it's like like there'll be some dialogue and then they'll just stop and then a song will play and then characters will start dancing for no reason and stuff like that i thought there was on some of the football scenes i thought there was an unnecessary amount of editing between what's going on on the pitch 
and um, the cheerleaders dancing in slow motion. That happens so much throughout the film. Yeah, that that really dated it. So if you, again, if you've not seen the film, the female lead who we'll come on to is a cheerleader, but for some reason, I think I'm right in saying, Alice, the cheerleaders are also on strike as well as the players. Is that right? Or is she just the only? It's never really explained. I don't think. I, I, I'm sure. I'm sure they do make reference to it at one point. It's either the other girls have gone traveling like around with another team, or that maybe the cheerleaders come with the players. Oh right. Okay. But yeah, no. Interesting. I so wonder the, if that is a pothole. So there's only one cheerleader who is the romantic lead to Keanu Reeves' protagonist. Annabelle. Annabelle. And then, so they, they audition other cheerleaders. And now this was one of my problems with the film, which was the quintessential, I mean, it's not even from the 90s, it's from 2000, but that period, early noughties, late 90s, of a montage of, like, I suppose there's no, there's no less cruel way to put it that I can think of that comes to mind, but of, like, weirdos and ugly people auditioning for something and good-looking people going, ha, 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 you idiots. <laughs> and then... And then it's very bring it on, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and they yeah. do it in American Pie, and it's like it's very much that thing of, like, if you're either attractive and on top of the world or you're everybody else. And so, in the end, they, don't get, they can't get any cheerleaders to actually audition until two strippers audition. And then they bring all the other strippers and those strippers kind of strip, but also are cheerleaders on the side of the pitch. And the film just constantly cuts for about 20 minutes yeah, between a, a good, football yeah, scene yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's a good 10 cheerleaders dancing. And it was like, it was, it's almost like a massive music video. It's really strange. But it's it's so such a weird stylistic choice that's of the time. Uh, that's the, I think I think that's the thing. I think that was such a, a consistent thing of films of that of that era, the yeah. kind of sexifiedness of them. That's definitely a word. Sexified, yeah. Sexified. Susie Dent in the hey. dictionary corner. Anyway, um, so Alice, what do you like about it? Having rewatched it, what do you like about it? Apart from the fact that you like Keanu Reeves, we all do. So Not I for am... as long as you have, though. No, good. At least we can all acknowledge that, please. <laughs> I was first to the Keanu party. The first so... woman to ever fancy Keanu Reeves. Yes, well, we'll go with that one. <laughs> <laughs> See, that should be your Twitter handle. <laughs> <laughs> what do I like about it? You know what? It's hard to try and separate something from the pleasant memories that you have of it. Like you say, it felt like to you as if it was one big music video. I love music videos. It's my favourite form of storytelling. I will watch music videos That wasn't for a criticism, hours. by the way. No, no, well, I didn't take it as a criticism. It's an observation of the style, which is <laughs> fine with me. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me that wasn't an option i never really was a salad guy that's just not who i am but noom worked for me get your personalized plan today at noom.com real noom user compensated to provide their story in four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It is a fun film. As a youngster, I think I enjoyed how sunny it was. I enjoyed the cheerleading. I had probably just seen Bring It On and thought, I want to be a cheerleader too. So I enjoyed that. The music I thought was great. I loved the soundtrack. I then tried to discover every single song that was on the soundtrack and made like a ripped CD of it like and wrote the replacement soundtrack. Because obviously in 2000, you know, you couldn't just buy any old soundtrack yeah. for any old film. Listen up, kids. LimeWire. Yeah, so what we do is we dial up, we get yeah. mum off the phone. Yeah. <laughs> you download five versions of the same song before you eventually got your one that you but wanted that didn't version. have... I didn't want the live version. I don't want the one with the radio on the end. Anyway. And now your computer has a virus. Yeah. 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 It has 25 viruses. <laughs> Rewatching it, this thing about it possibly being a satire or like a basketball or like something like that, I realise that is unlikely and it probably is just a film of its time, but some of it just felt so overt. So maybe in my own way, I'm going to appreciate it like that, that it can poke fun at itself. I like the fact that Chris Evans's character was meant to be Welsh and there are jokes constructed around his Welshness. That is not something that you get often in American films. So that really spoke to me. Particularly for that time as well. Absolutely. I thought it was a bit str- when when Reese fans, sorry, is introduced, he has a pub and the character's meant to be like party boy, heavy drinker, smoker, gambler. And it cuts to him. One thing I did love about it was yet again another kind of function of the period of the filmmaking was a period piece where someone takes you through all the characters by being like, who we got? And it's like, this guy. And then it shows them doing something. And it's like Ocean's Eleven. It's like, well, we need a team of people. Who is it? This guy. What does he do? Bombs. How do we know? There he is doing bomb stuff. What's this guy? Driver. And it's always like, and it very much does that. It goes through every character and they all get like a little vignette of what they're doing. But Rhysif Hans one is, he has a pub, which seems to be, and forgive me if I'm wrong, an Irish bar in which him and his family are singing Irish songs, but then he's Welsh. But also the impression I got was that that bar is in America because the gangsters who come and rough him up a bit 
have got American accents. So I hadn't really noticed the Irish bar thing before, though. I'll have to go back and look at that. But yeah, it sounds like he's a Welsh fella with an Irish bar in America. Yeah. Why not? But Irish bars are a very big thing in America. Was, mm-hmm. what, what city were we in in this film? It's Washington. Washington. But I thought, yeah. I, well, I think the characters are from all over the place yeah, in America. Yeah. I do think it is yeah. America. I think you're right. Yeah. But I think... I think what it, what it is is it's just that thing of Americans don't might not really know where Wales is. Like it's not there's a massive Irish culture in America. Yeah, isn't there, there is, isn't there? Yeah. So I'm not saying he's dev- it says he's from Cardiff. He does say he's from Cardiff, but it's like they've just gone oh, Gaelic's Gaelic, isn't it? Just have him, you know, just have him singing some songs with uh, with, with roughly Celtic sounding music on it. That'll fool everybody. So maybe it was written for an Irish person, but Tracy Vans is what they got, the so they changed I, it. I think it's written written for a Welsh person. I think the character's Welsh, but they've just gone. Oh, it doesn't really matter. Don't you love Gene Hackman doing a Welsh accent as well? I'm wiry. Yeah, he goes, he's wiry. But they, he's too fair. He's quite good at the accent. <laughs> that one word. He's, he's quite good the at that. Word. <laughs> I mean, it's likable trash, isn't it? I think that's that. What you just described is exactly what I thought, which is it's likable trash. It's not trying to sell you any messages. It's not trying to make a point. It's just going. Yeah, I'll just uh, have this. Enjoy this for two hours. And I think that's what it is. Mm. It has a really good soundtrack because that's. Oh yeah, the, the songs entire... that you know and you like. I think it's like the film Boyhood. They mm. have music for each year in Boyhood. They have music for that era from when they filmed it. And even in that, you can see how the music is dated in the, in the period that they filmed it in. I think it's just that thing of, because the music's so of that time. If we'd seen it when it first came out, we wouldn't have said anything about the soundtrack because it would have been great for that time. But looking at it now, it seems cheesy. It's like when you rewatch American Pie. Yeah, all the, exactly. all the, it's all like Sum 41 yeah. and, and all and those because, sorts of bands. And because I watched those films then... I still love those soundtracks because yeah. they're sort of a part of my childhood. We're all similar age and we're all about the right age to to appreciate that music. Mm. So the nostalgia, like we said before, a film that you like carries with it the, the emotional baggage of the film from when you first saw it. And obviously that's what this is for you, is that it very much brings back happy memories of watching it and the soundtrack and a, and a, and a nice period in your life. And I think I agree. I, I was the same. It's, it's, a, it's a nice... Like say cheesy, likable, trash, trashy film. That's not to slate it. That's just is what it is. But also, I really like the kind of. Um, I thought it made some interesting, quite progressive points as well, as well as being quite trashy. So, I quite like that they had, they actually did do a little bit of addressing toxic masculinity, which you don't see a lot of those films doing at the time. It's like the jocks are the jocks, and the geeks are the geeks, and the women are there, and that's their personality trait is that they're either hot women or not hot women, which which we'll come on to in this film, which is something that I did have a little bit of an issue with. But I do think, they, they, like, the way they treat the, the other male footballers and the fact that it's like they don't... They do have that scene where they all fight, but also there's a prominent deaf character in it. And I don't know, that must have been quite progressive for the time, I guess. They, they, they almost make a point of having that ragtag team of people, but they do it by saying, well, here's someone from every corner of everywhere, every every creed, culture, colour, all that, you know, all that sort of stuff. Mm. And I quite liked that because I've not seen many other films of the time do that. If you look at, like, American Pie, it's white people, white, able-bodied, straight people, whereas this is very much a bit of everything, and I really like that. So there was one scene in the film, actually, that I did... So I made all these notes after I'd had a few drinks and decided I was going to watch the film. So they, I, I, they are just sort of the scribblings of a madwoman. But 
So there is a scene where Annabelle... So what's happened is um, the original football players have got really annoyed at Shane Falco because he's taken their job. And so they turn, they flip his truck over and spray paint the word scab on the roof. Mm. So then Annabelle gives him a lift back to his boat. But the journey from when she drives from the stadium to the boat, she's driving like an absolute nutter throughout the... And they're, they're having a conversation. Keanu is like, why are you speaking and looking at me? Would you please look at the road sort of thing? Like, hold it onto the roof because he's so afraid. She's driving like crazy, so dangerously. They get to the boat, he gets out the car, and that's it. And it's never addressed. No. It's never brought up again. And I just thought that was a really interesting it's, and weird and scene not, to have. It's not, that just, it's not that she's a bit of a rubbish driver. She's like fucking mounting the curb, mm -hmm. running people over, people running out of the way. It's proper Grand Theft Auto stuff. And, and the music's on really loudly. Yeah. Yeah. She's got her music on really loud. It's weird. And the character is not like that at all. No. Like, it's not like you would associate... The, the way her character is for the rest of the film, you wouldn't associate her being a reckless driver to the way she it's, is. It's almost as if there's a deleted scene where it shows that she's a rubbish driver, but it's not in the film, so it just stays there. That she's a yes, I can't bizarre. help but think... Well, I'll raise this point then. I had a bit of a problem with her character because she's kind of just there to be a hot woman. And she doesn't really have any personality traits, apart from that she's a bad driver. And I can't help but think that the joke is that because she's a woman, she's a rubbish driver. It never says that in the film. I'm mm. not saying that it definitely says that, but I can't help but feel like that might be the joke. Now that know. you've said it, yeah. Uh, I, really, I, really, I really hope it's not. That would I mean, be I very hope it's devastating. Not, like, I was watching it, like, same as you, and they get out of the car and it's like, he doesn't even go, you know, oh, thanks for the bad and, driving. I don't know. And the weird what? thing is, it doesn't feel like that kind of film for that moment to happen it's yeah it's very strange yeah her her character is a, is a strange one she has no other characteristics other than that she's female and all the female characters are they're just there kind of be sexy like there's no maternal characters really there's no there's no female characters who aren't there because of their the way they look i guess and i do have a bit of it that i do think that is a bit of a maybe a thing of the time like if you look at the female characters in stuff like again american pie or um road trip or the, the films of the time for, for example okay the joke is that the strippers are the cheerleaders and i and and that they're dancing overtly sexy and that is quite a funny joke because it distracts the opposite team and they're looking at the women dancing right that's a funny joke if you do it once but they don't do it once they go from making that joke to just oh look at these look at these strippers look at them tits isn't it it goes from being a joke to are you just being a bit leery like are we are you just cutting is the director just cutting from football to to stripping back again it stopped it goes from being a joke to being like, what's the point of that? I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it because it is just a trashy kind of likable cheesy yeah, film. Yeah, and I, th I think I think it's that thing. So all the time, and I think it's just taking stuff at face at face value. So my th again, my I'm having issue because I can't move away from the fact that I'm giving this film too much credit, and I think it's this mad commentary on like how we treat sports people in America or how we treat women in America. So you know, it's like the voyeurism of these cheerleaders, and it's like, what are they really there for? But I'm it they're there to be naked and to look good and i need to just get over that instead of thinking no what did the writer mean yeah. but you might be right because there is some of the writing and i know we talked about it before and I, and I couldn't find this note but i found it now 
there is some of the writing is so cheesy that you think when someone is trying, you know, like in like Tropic Thunder and films like that, when people are all like something where it's Hollywood or TV does TV or Hollywood does Hollywood and, and people are trying to be like, look at this film. There is a, it's like that in places, like so, one of the lines is, Keanu Reeves says to the team, and I wrote this down, pain heals, chicks dig scars, glory lasts forever. I think I wrote that down too. That sounds like something from Tropic Thunder, like but, one of the trailers but, from Tropic Thunder. But that's, you got to think, Tropic Thunder's 10 years after this film, and this was the style of films at that I know, time. I'm trying to make a case and I'd for lo- Adam. I'd love, I'd love to sit here and say they were being very progressive and ahead of their time, yeah. but that is just the style of, of this era of film. Yeah, the, the Al Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone era, we're still very much in that. We're coming out of it in the t- in 2000, but we're still in that era of film. Yeah, it's very I think much... that this is what the style is. I, I agree with Alice. I would love to think mm. it's either yeah, a parody definitely. or it's making a point about, like you say, the way sportsmen are treated or even something about gender equality. But I can't help but think. Yeah, I, I would say up until, say, maybe 2005, 2006, I think this was still a consistent style. Yeah, which is why, not that I'm going to raise this up, but which is why one of the things we, we talked about when we did Matt's My Boy, which is that is from 2012, mm. and we were kind of going... How is this being made 12 years after this film, for example? So I I don't know. I would like to believe it's a parody, but I also can't help but believe that it's it's very much a film that's through the male gaze, written by a man, directed by a man. The female characters in it are just there to to be eye candy at the very most, you know? There's even the even the female lead in it, she doesn't have any defining characteristics they make a passable attempt by saying she owns a bar and that she's a bit kind of feisty which again that's cool that's fine that's that's i've got no issue with that but then like later on they don't really build up the relationship between her and keanu reeves she just bursts into tears at the end or when he comes back on is does she at the and and then they then they kiss and it's like why are you crying yeah she does she does burst into tears she does and a cover of David Bowie's Heroes is playing, not even the original. I was, I was, I, was, I didn't realize. You know, I used to listen to that song growing up, and I'd be like, "Why does the replacements version sound different?" I yeah. don't know, because that was the first time I'd heard it. But I was like, "Oh well, I guess I, I, I like David Bowie. I like the song Heroes." And then I watched the film again. I was like, "It's not, it's not even David. It's not even him." Who is it? Don't know. No idea. It's like a. It was it was a very apt song for the ending of that film. Like it's cheesy as hell, but like lyrically it makes sense. But I was just watching it like just for this, one day. Just for one day we could be heroes. <laughs> so like, the, that's like, the point of we're the gonna, song. We're, this is a paint by numbers. We're gonna like, throw it out for um, you. They make a big point of I will survive in the film, don't oh, they? Like, yeah, like twenty five yeah. minutes of this film is people singing I will survive and doing the easiest possible line dancing that a bunch yeah. of actors could learn at last minute. And it's but weird. then at the same time, though, if they broke out into like a really complex, <laughs> like, like, like fully, yeah, yeah, full <laughs> dance routine. Hey, wait drunk, a minute. These dr- footballers yeah, yeah, can't exactly. dance. Drunk in like the drunk tank in a prison. If they suddenly broke out into an amazing dance, you'd say, what, well, how, when did they learn this routine? So having rewatched it again, because neither of us had seen it before, so we've only seen it once, unless I haven't watched it again. I don't know. <laughs> since no. you watched it. So was there anything that you, you watched again? You know, it's 2020. 
and he thought, oh, I don't remember that or I don't like that, anything like that, any issues other than what we've already kind of addressed? There was nothing that I didn't remember uh, because I was one of these obsessive children who would find a film that they like and then that's it and then that's all they're watching for months and months. So I still remembered, I remembered the script, I remembered the story, I remembered the characters. Obviously a film like that couldn't be made now and if it was, I would probably boycott it because, <laughs> like you say, because of the the way it views women and the way... Um, it handles kind of the the female characters and how insignificant they are, like you say, to the plot, which, you know, characters I've only really started realising once you said it and all the cogs mm. are turning and I'm like, ah! Characters is a strong word to describe the females <laughs> in this film. They're not even Extras. characters, they're just there. The dance, the help. Yeah. Um, mm, it's a tricky one for me. It's It's not technically... A good film but I do enjoy it the script in parts was quite weak some of it like listen anyone throws a Welsh joke in anything I'm there do you know what I mean um I think seeing Orlando Jones again and John Favreau uh his character actually you know what I did notice this time that I hadn't really thought about previously I feel like John Favreau's character has a bit of homoerotic energy so he slaps Chris Evans on the bum with the towel the old towel mm. flip um, in the last scene, when Keanu sort of goes over to say goodbye, he then, his arm kind of lingers on Keanu's arm and then he walks off and then he just sort of looks at him longingly as he walks over the field to his female counterpart. Um, so I quite enjoyed that. But again, am I just giving it too much credit? Like know, playing the, with the idea of in-the-closet sexuality and how hard that is being a sports person in America. John, The John Favreau character is a weird one. I mean, he's had such a strange career. To go from like swingers to stuff like this, to bit parts in other films like Daredevil and um, Four Christmases and all, you know, all that sort of thing. But then to go on to make Iron Man and then now he's doing like The Mandalorian. He's gone from like this kind of character actor to this massive director. But his character in this film it doesn't really make any sense. So again, if you've not seen it, his, his character is like a... He's an he's a, he's a ex-army, now police officer who just batters people like that's his role is to batter people in the team but he's so thick that he's like a tasmanian devil like they just have to put him on the field and then he runs at people and tackles them but to the point where he tackles his own players and like keanu reeves has to explain to him like you can't tackle me you have to tackle like but this guy's meant to be having served several tours in the army and being in, in the police and a SWAT team, like he wouldn't be that stupid. And I know I'm not looking. I know I'm seemingly looking for realism in my in my cheesy sports film. But his character was a bit. It was like really strangely one note. Like I was waiting, and it's quite interesting that you look at it with the homoerotic erotic energy because that maybe adds a little bit more meat on the bone of the character because it never offers you any explanation as to why he's like that. But he's very much a minor role, isn't he? I, I feel he's, like yeah, he's just one I of the like other players outside yeah. of Gene Hackman and, and Keanu Reeves. Everyone else is kind of a minor character. But perhaps that is an issue with the film is that the script tries to give everyone something and tries to give everyone a story, but there's no real payoff. You get, like, the guy who is um, in prison. He's a actual NFL player who's in prison, comes out of prison. And there's no, like, redemption. There's no, like, oh, I regret what I did. Just goes back to prison. And every single character is just like, they're there and then they're not. And there's no, apart from Keanu Reeves, who himself barely gets a payoff, there's no like emotional payoff apart from the fact that Keanu Reeves gets a, you know, paint-by-numbers attractive girlfriend whose name I've forgotten already because she's that poorly written. But 
maybe we're looking for something that's not there, like with the John Favreau character. For me, the big thing, and it's not even, it's not something that I disliked, right? So, but this did hamper my enjoyment of the film, which is I do not know anything about NFL. Apart from the stuff everyone knows, like the, when they shout stuff and throw it under their legs and all that sort of stuff, and the basic rules. In fact, I don't even know the basic rules. I'm not even going to give myself that much credit. I know nothing, and it's quite heavy on the NFL. Like, there's quite a lot of tactical stuff, quite a lot of things in there that if you don't know what it is, you don't really understand what you're watching. And that, for me, was like, there was bits where I was like, I don't know what's going on. I don't think that's necessarily important. I think kind of it's just that generic sports film sort of trope of giving it a little bit of analysis, but not too much. It's like yeah. um, uh, Eastbound and Down. No, I've not seen that. So one, it's so. weird. It's uh, characters Kenny Powers. Um, what's he called? What's the guy's name? What's oh, Danny name? McBride. Danny McBride. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Danny McBride um, does this does this TV show where he's like an ex baseball player, but. They never really explain it, and he himself has said he knows nothing about baseball. I think it's just just the thing. We're doing this sports film. You don't really need to know a lot about the sport to watch it and enjoy it. It's like Last Chance You on Netflix. That's all about American football. I know nothing about American football, but I still enjoy the show. So for me, I get what you're saying because there are films that are about sport. For example, a film I absolutely love is The Damned United, mm, right? Yeah. And I don't think... Have you seen... So it's about Brian Clough's time at Leeds. Now, I, I like the football, so perhaps it, I can't really comment. I've watched it with my other half, and she enjoyed it because it's not really about football. It's about him. And I don't think you have to... My, my partner actively hates football. She liked the Damn United because it's about him. Whereas this, I think there's a lot of... There's a lot of things that are going on and the way the action's filmed. It's quite hectic. There's a lot going on, on the screen. And I think if I understood NFL... I might understand why what Shane Falco does is good, but I don't even understand that. Do you know what I mean? I don't understand. He does stuff and, and Gene Hackman's like, why did you do this? Or that's good. I didn't know why. I maybe wasn't as invested in the characters because I didn't understand that. I mean, do you like NFL, Atlas? Not at all, I know no. you, like, you like rugby, don't you? I like rugby, yes, very much. But uh, no, NFL, not something, especially at that age when I first saw the film, I had no idea. Um, but it was just... Like you said, it is all very fast-paced and it is very busy. This was actually, going back to what you said before, sorry, another thing that I noticed this time around, it's very fast. There's always a lot going on at mm. any moment. There's never like a lull. It's always just yeah. like, bam, 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 here's the new thing, here's the new thing. There was also a lot more American football in it than I remember. Yeah, that's what like, I mean. Long, long scenes of them playing playing these games, which was interesting because it it doesn't... Um, it doesn't move the narrative forward at all. It's not essential. You could have, you wouldn't even need to see the game. You could just see the have, score uh, yeah, on the board or yeah, something. Yeah. I just a know. very short montage would do it, really. When it wasn't really busy in the football scenes, there's a lot of weird slow mo choices. And again, I was like, the tension for me isn't really building because I don't understand what I'm watching. I don't know, maybe I should have read about NFL before I watched it. The fact that I didn't understand NFL didn't have any impact on me whatsoever whilst I was watching the film. Just didn't. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. I, I think you see someone scoring a touchdown, someone's getting points, we can see on the board. Like, I, I don't think the, like, analysis and knowing the game is overly important. You know, maybe I was just looking, maybe I was looking for something that wasn't there then. Maybe it's so just, we're all guilty of that. Yeah. It's satire, <laughs> yeah, guys, I promise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what about you, Adam? Was there anything you kind of, um, you didn't like? Um... 
No, I, th- I think I just really took the film at face value. But yeah, the, the slow-mo cuts between the cheerleaders, I just thought I didn't see the point in that. And I think there was way too much the old team hanging outside the stadium. Like, where's their security? Why is no one... Le- why are they letting... Why are the security letting them just toss Keanu Reeves' car over every day? <laughs> like, why is no one... Surely you've got... Like, police can come and do something about this. And then one I know of the guys picketing. has a gun. Yeah. And nothing happens. Like, he shoots some guy's windows out. No it gets, police show up. It gets brought up in, no. in, in, like, a team meeting, doesn't it? Like, if you got to go and hand it over... I'm not handing it over. For me, I suppose the other side of the script was I did quite like some of the representation. And and I mean with that primarily the fact that they they do try and represent lots of different groups. Having said that, the way they do it is a little bit stereotypical. Like the Japanese guy's a big fat sumo wrestler. um, There's two kind of bigger black guys in it. And they're basically like, it basically says that they're gangsters, doesn't it, in it? Because they're... Carry they carry guns and yeah, and, and they, they were like they were kind of like bodyguards before, yeah. weren't they? Yeah, um, you've then rapper. got the two kind of opposite end representations of black people in the religious man, that's and it, then yeah, that's the criminal, one. and yeah. the criminal, yeah. the, and the religious man is never really explained in any it's way. Shape it's just him walking around with the Bible. So, had you have you heard of the director? No. What else has he done? I'm not going to lie. No, I have, haven't heard What's of his him. Name? Howard Dutch, D U T C H. So he'd worked with. Ron Hughes is that the the fellow who done all them eighties films? How John Hughes? John Hughes. Yeah, John, is that what I'm thinking of? Yeah, Home Alone um, and Breakfast Club and that, Set that's him. Fire that's him. Yeah. So he'd done a bunch of stuff like that before. The writer who isn't the director was a fella who'd only written. He's only ever written three films in his life. This was the second one. And then he went on to become an actor, sort of semi well known, still doing things now in Hollywood. But there weren't people that I was overly familiar with at all, and I was trying to get a good idea of what they'd done before to see if I could see any comparisons, but they're just not there. But I do, a part of me does think it's too absurd and it's too ridiculous for that absurdity to not have been intentional, but what if, what if that was just the time? Like, I've gone back and watched American Pie and it is bad. It's, it's bad. It's, it is bad. I wasn't expecting rough. it, you know. Yeah. I kept, I kept, I kept having Mutt by Blink One Eight Two in my head, and I was like, right, that song's mm-hmm. in American Pie. I need to watch that film, mm-hmm. and then I can get that song out my head. And I started watching it, and it was awful. I got maybe twenty five minutes yeah, in, and I couldn't the, go anymore. The second one is marginally better. Is it in terms of representation, the way it mm-hmm. treats its characters? Not much. Not, I'm not saying it's an, it's not, it's not massively better. It's a marginal improvement, mm-hmm. but by God, the way they treat women in in American Pies, it's just. It's hard to believe that that was ever, like, a thing. I remember having, like, a video box set of American Pie 1 and 2 in, like, the big box. Mm. And I watched both those films constantly. Again, like, a big part of it was the soundtrack as well. Love the soundtrack. There's there's an apologetic nature about talking about liking those films at the time. But you can't... None of us are psychic. You Mm. know, the world was what it was at the time. It wasn't right but it's constantly in flux. So you can't go back and punish yourself because no. you enjoyed those films at the time because you didn't know any better, especially because we're all pretty young mm. as well. I think it's it's like there there is that kind of almost strange thing now where people want to go back and change history as if it never happened yeah. because you, what happened was wrong. But if anything, you should remember that 
to remind yourself to not do it. I don't know. It's you notice it a lot with friends now. Yeah. People are like complaining about certain episodes of friends and certain things that were said and jokes made and it's that thing of it was of that time. But there's low, the, yeah, friends, if you go back further, there's episodes of like Only Fools and Horses and Faulty Towers that they won't show. And it's not that they should show them. I don't really know what the answer is, but you can't just pretend it didn't happen. Yeah. You, you've got to accept that it did happen and go, oh, you know, like, we best not let that happen again. Then change it and then move on. You don't retrospectively just pretend it never happened. It's Jordan. it's like um, The Simpsons removing the Michael Jackson episode from, like, Simpsons history. Like, it's not on their website anymore. It's just oh, completely really? the gone. Happy Birthday Lisa one. Yeah, it's completely gone. See, that's... And that was a great episode. Do you know the song Thrift Shop by Michael yeah, Moore? Moore yeah, yeah. So they've edited out the words R. Kelly from that. Uh, it smells you know, like R. Kelly sheets. It smells sheets. like R. Kelly yeah. sheets, which in itself, a sentence in itself, that's it's not necessarily offensive. There's no swear words there. But they've blanked out them him saying the name R. Kelly. But I, I find that ridiculous. I think deleting mm. history is as good as not you what you don't improve from yeah. it if you don't know what mistakes were made in the first place how are you meant to improve on it that's mental they can't just pretend that i, I say what... they sorry i say they've edited it out bbc radio one have right, edited right, it out okay. that's what that's i, mean, I, say, I say wonder they. if he still says it live or he changed it to someone else's name or oh yeah interesting yeah. so when i saw just harping back to my my busted meeting so when we see busted uh, performing at the BBC Summer Social in year 3000 they say that their song outsold Michael Jackson and when they said that Matt Willis like gave he, he did a thing like he gave a look he was like oh like he sort of cringed like oh I forgot that we sang that sort of yeah. thing which or maybe I was just seeing things I don't know but I did see that but I mean I'm not gonna stop listening to Michael Jackson so. no I'm not oh see I have yeah. I've stopped yeah I, I won't he's not not a part of my life anymore see I, f- I feel like that with, with some, some I know though. I feel I know, like mate. that I know. With, with R. Kelly um, I can't no, listen his, to R. Kelly his music is not good enough yeah. to ha- feel but, like with the, the Michael, Jackson Michael Jackson thing Jackson. I get it because obviously fantastic some of the greatest yeah. songs ever written whatever for me it's not enough I've yeah. stopped listening to him I'll never put any money into his yeah. estate, buy anything that he's ever done ever again. But I appreciate that the music is good enough that that's difficult. I and just, at what yeah. point, are we meant to separate art from artists? That's, I don't know. That's it. Like, I, I just try and disassociate the music from the man. Mm-hmm. But then it's, am I being a hypocrite in doing that? But it's like Lost Prophets. <laughs> I could never listen to Lost Prophets. And I did like Lost <laughs> Prophets when I was like 13, 14. Mate, it Last Train Home is one of the Amazing best song. songs ever. Amazing song. But you can't, you can't, <laughs> Absolutely you, can't not. you can't play the music, you can't listen to it, you and can't that, hear and, it. And, and that's it's a difficult. good thing, I think. It's difficult, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, it has um, to be done. There is a Gary Glitter song in, in yes! The Replacements. My goodness, yes, so it's I did write same, it's, down. The, it's the same one that's in Joker. Is it? So so I didn't realise it was Ollie who actually pointed that out. He was like, this is a Gary Glitter song. And I was yeah. like, oh my God, is it? And then we were looking up to see uh, at what point Gary Glitter was like in the, in, in the scandal right. or whatever. Um, but it had kind of all apparently, it had happened and then they still used that song. So that made me a bit, that was probably the thing that made me the most uncomfortable mm. in that whole film, regardless of like the sexism and the, the terrible female characters. Mm. I think that hearing that song made my toes girl a little bit.
Moving on then to the, the kind of critical reception and, and ultimately concluding as to where we think this film sits in terms of being underrated or not. To give you a general idea, IMDb gives it a 6.6 out of 10. Um, Rotten Tomatoes it gives it, the critics give it 41 and the audience give it 66%. I don't know, what, what do we think, Alice? Where do you think, it, we don't put numbers on stuff really, but where do you think it sits in terms of, is that accurate? I think that is accurate and maybe even a little bit generous. It wasn't something that I'd looked up until I was asked to do this podcast. It was just one of those films that I thought, oh, I guess only I know it and no one else does, but that's fine. But I thought I'd better look at what people were saying. I thought the 6.6 on IMDb was pretty good. I was, I was th yeah, I thought it was really high. Yeah, I'll watch anything that's over a 6. I feel like that's a good, that's a kind of a good cutoff point, especially because... You can't, like, whatever your taste is, you can't then assume that everybody else who's using IMDb will have exactly the same taste. So I thought that was quite generous. 41 for Rotten Tomatoes, I think, is fair. Um, some of the reviews... But you think that's... The 41% thinks it, fair? I think it is fair. It's not a good, it's not a good film. And the more, <laughs> the more you have to analyse it, the more I realise that. But I, I still... I love it with a vengeance. Mm. And I will, I will keep watching it until the day I die. <laughs> Here are some of my favourite reviews of the film. A haphazard film about as sophisticated as the average beer commercial. That's one. This was on Rotten Tomatoes. This negligible comedy might as well come with a bouncing ball so members of the audience can recite the dialogue along with the actors. So really quite yeah, harsh. Plenty of red meat here, but also so much script rot that both ought to be recalled by the FDA. So really, people didn't like it. I don't know, I don't know how Keanu Reeves feels about it. I, I don't would know how like Gene to know his opinions. Feels. Yeah. yeah. Because he seems like he'd be he's, he's quite honest. Yeah. If he's made yeah. something he doesn't... He, he, I don't know whenever I've seen him interviewed, he seemed like he would just go, well, didn't like it. I was very surprised that Gene Hackman's still alive. Yeah, he's almost... He's 90 yeah. this year. I was very yeah. surprised. Yeah, he's um, he's knocking on. Very varied career. Yeah. I, um, I think the thing is, with the critical perception, I think the critics on Rotten Tomatoes 41%, I think that's harsh. And I think the audience score of 6.6 or 66% on both websites is high. I think, I, yeah, I think it's about a middle, middling ground between those two. Because I think when you look at what you've just said with the, with the critics, if you look at the actual critics, what critics themselves have said, not just people on the internet, but when at the time they've written for magazines and stuff, they don't really seem to be able to say what they don't like. It's all just like, like stuff like what you've said, like they've thought, how can I get a football joke into my review, not what did I actually not like about it. So no one comments on the things we've commented on about the representation, but people said like, a field goal, not a touchdown, or a new low in the career of the director. And it's like, well, what didn't you like? Like, I, I've, they don't actually say what they don't like. So I think that's harsh. Well, Adam, what did you think? What do you think of the critical reception? Um, I, I kind of feel like it's appropriately rated. Um, Your favourite category? Yeah, appropriately rated. I, I do feel like that's about right and about what I would give it. I'd also give it the Josh Hallam special of it could stand to lose about fifteen minutes. Yeah, we're um, we're gonna get that put on a t-shirt. It yeah. was a little over long. Yeah, it could stand to lose about fifteen yeah, because minutes. Because fifteen a minutes of that long. is dancing to "I Will Survive" or is a song or is slow motion football running. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. Ultimately, like my kind of 10 cents would, it would be there are some issues with the script, there's some issues with representation, the way it treats certain characters, particularly female characters. However, it's likable, cheesy trash. It's not trying to be anything more than that. So it's very much a product of its time. You could almost take this film along with something like American Pie 
and take it to a film studies class and go, this is how films then were made and analyse what's right and what's wrong about that. I, for, mm. for me, likeable trash, but it does obviously fall short in certain areas which we now judge films by in this day yeah. and age. Time's not been kind to it. No, but I would say it is a watchable film. Yeah. Yeah. Would you, you still love it as much as you did when you um, first saw it, Alice? Before you started this, uh, this <laughs> Before review? Before we ripped this shreds <laughs> for you? I mean, possibly even more. So, in conclusion then, Adam, appropriately rated... Alice, underrated, underseen. So when I first read the reviews, I was slightly horrified, but then having watched the film again, I think they are accurate. All I would say, if you haven't seen the film and you're going to watch it, watch it as if you are about to watch Hot Rod or Basketball or one, <laughs> one of those other films, because it makes it so much more enjoyable. That's what I had to do to myself when I re-watched it this time around. Can I trick myself into thinking, no, it's doing these things on purpose? And it makes it so much funnier and it's much more enjoyable. So and it, art is open to interpretation, so I will interpret it <laughs> exactly. that way. Well, we'll leave it there then. So we'll, we'll call it perhaps appropriately rated. Time's not been kind to it, but it is certainly underseen. Okay, so we'll move on to this week's game, which is as ever imaginatively titled The Replacements Game. So I've taken a film and I've replaced the words of the film. So it basically means the same thing. So a little bit like Obama Lama, the game, except it's not a rhyming game. First person to answer says stop. If you don't get it right, we'll pass it over. So usually the person, the winner, picks next week's film, but this is a special, so don't worry about that. So Alice, say stop, and Adam, you say stop, and then that's what we'll do. So the first one, Uber Operator. Stop. Smooth Operator? I no. feel like that's potentially the name of a film. It's not. So it, I should say that... Wait. Oh, that, wait. Stop. No, no, no. no. Uh, Alice. I know what it is. Alice. I actually know oh, what it is. Oh, oh it no. Look, look who suffered from a bit of premature answering. Here we go. Have I got all the time in the world now to think Alice about this? Alice Uber Operator. I actually know okay. what it is. I, so I haven't got a clue. Just let me, let me mull over the words a little bit. Uber. It's a famous operator. film. It means whoa, the same whoa, whoa, word. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry, stop. Is it Taxi Driver? It is Taxi oh, you Driver. You were giving clues. You can't give clues. Adam, she <laughs> is our guest. It's a very guest. famous film. She is our guest. You should know it. <laughs> stop, yeah. act, stop acting out, Adam. It's, Boo. That was, that was just practice. Go on. So one nil to Alice. So do you get it now? Yes. Right. So the next one is automobiles. Cars. Oh, sorry. I didn't say stop. So you have to say stop. Stop. Cars. It is cars. <laughs> <laughs> That's two. This is a farce. Okay, next one. One dozen outrage males. Stop. Stop. I think Adam was first then. I literally just had it in my head. Now it's disappeared. One dozen outrage males. Seven psychopaths. It's not seven psychopaths. Alice, no. I pass it over. Twelve angry men. It is twelve angry men. Oh, oh. The next one is Scuffle Gang. Fight Club, sorry, no. Oh no, I can't do this. Stop, no. Fight Club. It is Fight Club, that's what, Adam. You need to say Gotta play There's dirty one now. rule, Alice. Gotta There's one rule now. in this game. The next one is mm. The Pain Cupboard. Stop. The Hurt Locker. It is The Hurt Locker. Oh, oh it's 3 2. It's 3 2. Okay, the next one. A few appreciate the warmth. Stop. Stop. I think Alice was first then. Some like heart it hot. It is oh, some like it hot. Oh, I love that film as well. That took me way too long. Oh, the God. next one. 
Iced. Stop. Frozen. It is frozen. Uh, the next one, come on, Adam, you got to catch I know, up I'm here. terrible. You have to win every one, not just to draw. It's not going to happen. <laughs> so, Alice, if you win the next one, you it's win. Oh, pressure, pressure. My disgraceful self. My disgraceful self. I got nothing. It's a kids' film. Oh, stop! stop. I think Adam was first. Though. Despicable no, me. It no, was no. Despicable me. I want to see that photo finish. Are you mad? Are you right. mad? Adam Adam's, was first. Adam's still in it. Adam's still in it. Oh, he has on. to win every round. Go but there on. is a tiebreaker. Oh, oh, oh. The next one is Excellent Blokes. Excellent blokes. Stop. The good guys? It's not the good guys. Alice? Should be the good guys. Shall I pass it oh, over? Okay. At least it just is the film title as many words no. as you've... Okay, so no. it could be... Okay, so there's one... Say it again for me. Excellent blokes. What did you say? The good guys. Um, stop. Goodfellas? It is Goodfellas. Oh, 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 so Alice has, Alice has won, but we've got two more, so we might as well yes, do Yes, absolutely. I, I, I love, I love a good game that I'm winning. The Jade Distance. Stop. The Green Mile. It is the Green Mile. And the tiebreaker, which was going to be this, but it's not. We're nowhere near tiebreakers. <laughs> <laughs> Complete Iron Cardigan. Stop. Full Metal Jacket. It is yeah. Full Metal Jacket, yeah. So Alice wins. Yes! By a long stretch. Suck it! By a long stretch. <laughs> so thanks very much, for Alice, for coming on. Um, did you enjoy it? I did, absolutely. Did I you? love talking about me, myself, and things I like, so and thanks Keanu for having Reeves me. Keanu films from the 2000s. Absolutely. Where can people get hold of you if they want to get hold of your stuff? So you can find me almost every day on Liverpool TV or North Wales TV, depending on where you live. Uh, that will be on Channel 7 on Freeview. We're on 117 on Sky. We're on 157 on Virgin. Our website is liverpoollocal.tv. We've also got Facebook, Twitter, all the social media. Hit me up, guys. Lovely. Um, well, thanks very much for coming on. Uh, if you do want to get in, the, in touch with the podcast, the address is filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. All the social medias. Um, thanks very much, Adam Ward. Thank you very much. Thanks very much, Alice Oliver. Thank you, Josh. And it's goodbye from me. Cheerio! Hello, Josh here again. I just wanted to take another little minute to say thanks again for downloading the podcast. It really is greatly appreciated. If you do like it, then please like, subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Special mentions go to Lee for the music, Luke for the logo and Abby for producing, editing and generally putting up with us. If you'd like to get in touch with the podcast, it's filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. Thanks once again. Cheerio. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.